Oftentimes, society wants us to check a box. I'm a mom. I have a career. I'm an entrepreneur. They tell us to niche down. But what happens when you want to have it all? Welcome to the Multifaceted AF Podcast. My name is Kay, and my mission is to help men and women everywhere own all of the pieces of who they are in every way. We're going to be joined by guests and friends that show us what celebration of taking up space in all places really looks like. Now let's dive in. Today I'm joined by Farah. Hi. Hi. Um, So welcome. Introduce yourself to the listeners. My name is Farah Benoit. I am the founder and CEO of Monois. I am also a doula. Well, I could say that my doula is my all day job okay because i do it 24 7 okay um but by day i am a property manager and a full-time mom to okay. an amazing teenage girl okay that's a lot of hats yes it is so mom property manager doula that's a lot yeah that's a lot yeah but i mean that's really the premise of being multifaceted exactly. and that's why i invited you to come join me on the couch so we crossed paths a little while ago it was a few years back but it was very much like in passing and um, I think we've been, we definitely know we have some um, similar connections. We have some people in common, some mutual connections. Um, and I've seen some of the work that you've done. Um, and that was kind of what prompted me to invite you because I have seen that you kind of operate in this space. There's definitely a little bit of that um, representation piece because I think a black doula, I think that's amazing. Um, I actually had a guest on earlier in the season who talked about learning about doulas way after she was dealing with postpartum depression and anxiety and not even knowing that doula services were an option. Um, So I think that that's amazing. But when you think about the word multifaceted, you kind of listed a few of the things in your intro, but talk to me about what being multifaceted means to you. I think pretty much wearing different hats. Um, Being firstborn generation Haitian, we're taught early to do a lot of things, mm-hmm. especially if you're from the Caribbean. It's West, West Indians. It's yes. just you have to, just, like, it's not an option. Yeah. <laughs> and in my household, my mom taught us, like, hey, you got to cook, you got to clean, you got to, you know, take care of your younger siblings, assist your older brother and stuff. So pretty much it's something that, I don't know, it's, like, so easy. It just comes, like, It's ingrained. Yes. Yeah. And I'm teaching my daughter to be the same way as okay. well. Um, I really love the multifaceted, you know, AF yep. because it really, I don't know. I was drawn to it because it's, it's everyday yep. people, Absolutely, you know, more so in the black community. I think it stands out more because we have to do so much just to be seen. Absolutely. It's a lot of shape-shifting almost where it's like you're in this space and you have to show up this way and then you're in this space and you have to show up this way. So I appreciate that. We could pull my Abs- black card. Absolutely. And our absolutely. Card. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And that is really, that's the, that was the premise behind the brand. That's the premise behind some of these conversations um, because you see the word and I describe the word and I explain the word, but I think having those real life examples and hearing it in other people's voices and other people's stories is a good way to kind of explain and kind of exemplify the fact that we all are multifaceted. You may not have as many things going on, but we all kind of operate in different um, kind of areas and different environments. And it is important to be able to be authentic when you're doing that and existing in different spaces. That's true. Absolutely. So you mentioned your daughter. Tell us a little bit about your daughter. (sighs) 
there is not a handbook for teenagers. Oh, I have one. So I know. <laughs> I love everything about her. She's like my mini me, my mm-hmm. best friend. Um, I'm raising her to be assertive, but there should have been an asterisk on the assertive. Because- not with me. <laughs> not with me. Like in the world. Yes, I'd love it for you. In school, maybe turn it down a little bit because there's that Definitely. power structure. Like when you get out in the world, they're going to love that. <laughs> You're going to need it. Not with me. Yes. (laughs) Not with me. So she definitely is a challenge. Um, But one thing that I love, and it's more so seeing her with her grandparents, because like I said, I mentioned to Mm -hmm. you, my parents are Haitian. So it's like seeing them change their ways with their grandkids is amazing. Like she's actually teaching my mom and she's teaching my dad. And, you know, she's speaking more in her voice Mm -hmm. when we're younger. Like we didn't do that. It was considered talking back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't considered like, let me, you know, push you to your power. Let me let you use your voice. It was, excuse me, what happened? No. But I love the fact that she's able to become her own person. So I'm just living vicariously through her Mm -hmm. life and seeing it from her lens. So it's definitely amazing. Um, And I think pretty much like having her is what actually made me become a doula. Absolutely. Uh, The horror story of my pregnancy and just like the um, person that you interviewed previously Mm -hmm. on a podcast, I didn't know that was an option as well. And I literally became in tune and doing it during COVID. Okay. You know, everyone was getting their certifications and stuff. And I'm like, hey, I'm sitting yep. here. I love women. Mm-hmm. I love black women. Mm-hmm. I love everything that's just women in general. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is what I want to do. Absolutely. So I became passionate just doing it. And then I just didn't know that entering that doula world, there's a whole different world that I wasn't even aware Absolutely. of. Absolutely. Which makes me think like, you know. What else? <laughs> I think honestly, every woman should like, either take a doula class or Mm -hmm. if they're thinking about becoming pregnant actually sit into it because it was a lot of stuff that I wasn't aware and even speaking to my mom and just Mm -hmm. females in general in my family that we were not aware that these options were here for us that we can speak up where you know if you could speak up and say no to something that we always had that fear like maybe they're going to exactly exactly you never know it's true it's true I think with just being a mom and then having a spunky teenager (laughs) she teaches me every day like I learned she makes me hip. Is mm-hmm. that the word that teenagers are using? Like, I'm, I, I'm an eight. That's what she says. Like, mom, you eight. So she makes me hip. She keeps me, I guess, young. And, you know, I think because of her, I push more in, like, trying to get to the next level. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's very real. Um, I refer to my son as my reason, R-E-A, capital S-O-N, because honestly, I didn't really have much direction before him. Like, I was in undergrad when I got pregnant. Um, I had to, uh, there was some time off and towards the end of the time off, I got pregnant and people were like, you're never going to go back. You're never going to go finish. But the reason why I had taken the time off is because I wasn't, I had no passion. I was showing up and barely doing what needed to be done because I didn't really have a drive. Like in my mind, I knew how I was raised is you went to high school and then you went to college, but I went to college and I was like, I don't care about this stuff. Um, but having another person to take care of really kind of lit a fire in me and gave me kind of that drive and that motivation to achieve. A lot of times I'll say, I'm like, I go hard because of him. If it wasn't for him, I could be lazy. I could be living on some, I could, I could sleep on someone's couch, (laughs) but I have a whole nother person to take it. Exactly. (laughs) Like I would like that. I could do, I could do that. That's true. But because of him, I definitely, I definitely understand the the kind of that motivation that comes from having another, another person to be responsible for. So definitely. definitely can relate to that. So talk to me about Mom Noir. 
So I created Mom Noir based on a community that I needed. Um, I noticed that there's a lot of mom groups in Boston, and there's some that I am 100% like backing up. Um, shout out to Bad. I always say this wrong. Bad Moms Boston. Me. Yep. They yep. Get me. They get me. You better say it correctly. Yes. Um, Ashley was one of our first guests. And I really love, when I say I really love Ashley, really love her Mm -hmm. because um, a year ago I was in a head-on car collision and every event that she has is like, girl, are you coming? Are you coming? Even though she knew I was on crutches, Mm -hmm. even though she knew I was down for the count, but it was like, I put Mom Noir on pause only because I couldn't fully give like I needed that community. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Mom Noir came about pretty much during, I want to say a little bit before COVID, where I was just like, you know, where's the groups for just the regular females? Like most of the groups I see, they're either clicky or you have to have some kind of like stature and then you're part of the group. But I'm not part of the stature. Mm-hmm. I'm just plain Jane. A regular person. So I was like, I need I need a group that reflects me. Absolutely. You know, I need a community that reflects me. And it was more so going through my postpartum journey. Mm-hmm. No one talks about the end date of postpartum. Yeah. And I really feel like the end date, there is none. Exactly. It's either full-blown <laughs> postpartum and then it goes into depression. Mm-hmm. And you don't have time as a mom to pretty much breathe. It's your on go. Even with my accident, I was on go. Yeah. On go in pain, Papa time and all, keep moving. And I think Mom Noir was pretty much that community-based, like we hear you, we see you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's pretty much for every woman that's actually birthing either a baby or birthing business. I love that. So um it came about that. I know I took a hiatus, but I will be back. Absolutely, that's long. great. Um, I want to say you're part of the push too. Thank you. <laughs> I've had moments where I'm just like, you know, if this is the lane that I want to be in, if this is what I want to do, but I know it's my calling because I feel like every time where I hit the max of where it's going to be great, I get hit with something. And I think that's God's redirection. Like, girl, this is what I'm planning for you. Oh, listen, listen. Yep. That is very real. And I think I've talked about that, I think, through the course of the podcast a couple of times where it's like, thank you so much. There's times when it's like, I will try to do something and I will try to do like a light version or like a watered down, like, let's just dabble. And it's like, God's like, absolutely not. That's not what I called you for. You need to do this, like bigger, go bigger go bigger. And then also that fact that you feel like these things are coming at you, these obstacles, that's very much in my mind. I see that as the enemy trying to like, no, whatever's, whatever's coming, whatever you're working on, whatever you're birthing is going to be a problem. So I'm going to throw whatever I can at you to make sure that you don't achieve the things that you need to achieve. So for me, like that's even more the obstacles, the challenges, it's just confirmation that like, whatever it is that you're building, it's where it's going to, it's going to, there's value. There's going to be impact. Lives are going to be changed as a result of it. Um, so I can absolutely attest to that. It's very real, but keep going. Absolutely. Keep going. Thank you, and it's okay you. to take us. It's okay. It's okay to pause. It is okay to pause. Um, it is, it's necessary. Rest is a very, it's, a, it's, it's a, important. It, it is. It's a pro it's a productive activity. Like people think about producing and they think about go, 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 yeah. but that rest is actually a very, important part of producing. And I think in this stage, I'm actually learning boundaries and saying no. That's important. And I haven't been. I've always been the yes person. Like, yes, I could do that. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't realize 
even through my accident where I physically could not move, like physically could not go anywhere where I was like, wait a minute, like I've been stretching myself so, so thin. thin. Yeah. And that's the part, like what multifaceted, it sounds so great, but we don't talk about the rest. We don't talk about the mental, yeah. like pain that you go through mm -hmm. and like, okay, girl, like you need to slow down yep. and stuff. And I think in a way lately I've been learning how to redefine myself and learn myself over again. Absolutely. Because I lost that in motherhood. And, and that's real. That was another reason why I was like, no, we got to have like mom blonde stuff because I remember just even now, like I just, I'm all mom. And the other day, like I turned 40 in August. So I had a friend ask me um, through a phone conversation when she called me to say happy birthday, mm -hmm. like, what is it that you love? And I can answer. I love my family. My kid, I love my, my kid. But I couldn't answer for you for myself. So I told myself in this 40th year, this journey, that I'm going to learn to love things again, where it's not attached to my kid or attached to my siblings or attached to my mom and dad or a family member or just even friends. And I slowly um, started going back to the gym again with the clearance of my doctor. Mm -hmm. And I found that that was something I loved way before COVID. So that passion is coming back where okay, I'm starting to find my way back. Absolutely. To no, definitely. I love that. Um, I think that the, it's very important to kind of define yourself for yourself yeah. because it's very easy to define yourself based on the labels. I'm a mother. I am this to this person. This is who I am in my career. But who are you at your core? Like, what are you passionate at the very base of who you are? And I think that it's important to kind of do that self-reflection and it might be a milestone birthday or it might just be a random Tuesday. But like, I think it's important to kind of spend time with yourself and know yourself because that's what really pushes you to do the different things that you're doing. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's an important activity. So I applaud you for taking that time. Absolutely. Um, so you talked a little bit about the community um, aspect of mom noir. And I think that that's definitely come up several times. The idea of, there are different spaces. I know, um, so Ashley has invited me to a couple of the Bad Moms Boston events. And like, it was, the, the energy was just so pure. Yeah. So I definitely can attest to that. But no talk, exactly. Real, and that's yeah. the thing, like, and for me, I am a mom, but my kid's so old. Like, I know a lot of the moms in that group, they have younger kids. So in my mind, I was just like, maybe that isn't for me. But they're super welcoming, welcome with open arms. So I loved that. But that community, you talked about that was a community you needed. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Honestly, when I did, um, so last October, which is actually going to be year, a year from my photo shoot, I put my website on hiatus. So besides Mom Noir, there's actually a self-lux box that I created. Okay. And it's a self-lux box throughout the journey of motherhood. Okay. So each stage of motherhood you're in, there's a self-lux box mm -hmm. that actually gears towards that. Um, that idea came about, I love going to baby showers. Mm -hmm. Like whenever my friends tell me they're pregnant, I'm going to go all out. <laughs> and I realized when a woman tells you she's pregnant, it no longer becomes about the mother anymore. It's true. When it's you're at the baby. baby shower and I, I will challenge you the next baby shower you go to see how many gifts the mother gets, mm -hmm. see That's how baby many stuff. gifts where someone just goes up and say, Hey, I thought of you because you're actually carrying this. You're doing the work about to come into this life you're doing the work <laughs> and that's where a lot of people don't talk about postpartum there's prepartum mm -hmm. like no one talks about the before yeah and the anxiety you go through carrying this child if you're actually going to be alive to birth the mm -hmm. child and um 
that's how the idea of the box came where it's a box pampered to the mom. So it goes from the beginning of motherhood journey to you can have a grown child that doesn't live in your house and Mm -hmm. is married and got their own kids. So there's a little bit of something for everybody. Um, The reason why I said I kind of wanted a group for myself is because within the mom noir, even though we have a lot of moms that are together, that are supportive, I have a great support system. I wanted something different. Mm -hmm. And Ashley's group gave that to me. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? And I love the fact that it wasn't like, I don't know, for some reason in this genre, it's like, oh, because you have something and it might be similar to mine. So now we're in competition. Yeah. And it shouldn't be that and at I, all. And I love her vibe because it's not like that. Mm-hmm. Like she's been following Mom Noir for a while. I've been following um, Bad Moms of Boston <laughs> for a while. Um, and it's just that genuine love, like supportive, like, mm-hmm. Hey girl, I, I want you to push through. I want mm-hmm. you to do everything that you need to do. And I think I need to see more of that, Absolutely. especially within our community. I know that we speak of unity, but we need to start actually doing it and it's Absolutely. being felt and seen. Absolutely. And I just want to be around positivity and just people who are genuinely happy. Definitely. Definitely. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm like, you know what, in, in this hiatus that I took in order for me to give a hundred percent, I need to start filling my cup. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said Mom Noir will be coming back. Very real. Yeah, you absolutely, because you can't, you cannot pour from an empty cup. So no, it is, it's that can't. doing that, doing that self-work yeah. first so that you can show up. And I've had to do similar things. I've done, I kind of started a nonprofit organization a while back and had to kind of put it on pause because I had to take stock of like where I was in life, things that I was um, kind of placing value on. Well, so, uh, on and that's the thing. Make sure you come and that's the thing. And that's the thing. It's very much uh, a pause, but not a stop altogether. So pause, open for redirection, but can absolutely understand the needing to like a little hiatus, yep. but come back better and bigger. So definitely looking forward to see. Absolutely. <laughs> definitely looking forward to see what, um, what comes from Nam Noir in the, in the coming months. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. I'm not, I'm sure you've seen the affirmation cards. Um, So I am very big on kind of speaking things into existence. This has been something that's been a part of my daily practice for a really long time. Um, And I created this deck of affirmation cards as like a tool and a way of sharing this with others. So it's positive affirmations and they're general in nature. But the thought is you pull a card and then you think about how it resonates with you. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to pull a card. I'm going to have you read it and then we're going to talk about it. Okay, so read it to us. I have the power to create the change I want to see for myself and my life. Okay, so tell tell us what that means. Tell us what that means to you. Man, this actually goes with the whole conversation exactly, we and it usually does. It usually does. <laughs> um, to be honest, it's funny because I'm an extrovert, but I deal with a lot of imposter syndrome, which is interesting. Um, and I don't know if it's a Caribbean thing because as young kids, we were expected to do stuff. Not that we did something great and our parents would be like, oh, my God. Yeah, just, just yeah it's thing. just like, okay. okay, what's next? So um, I'm learning in my adult life, like even with baby steps creates change. Absolutely. Um, Just like with my car accident, I literally had to rewalk again without the crutches or just learn how to push through pain and stuff. And I'm realizing in everything that I touch right now, um, it's a it's a learning thing. Like there's no failure in it. 
like the failure would be, okay, what are you going to do next to improve it and then push through it? So I think like with the power to create change is speaking more, which I love these affirmation mm-hmm. cards, by the way, but speaking more into making that change within yourself okay. or taking those steps into making those changes. Absolutely. So um, as far as I want to see for myself in my life, I actually want happiness. I want to walk into a room whether whoever is in the room can be happy and mm-hmm. they feel that radiance. I want to find me again. Mm-hmm. I want that power within where not only am I making change for myself, but also making change for my community. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so you touched on very briefly imposter syndrome. Talk me through what that looks like for you. I feel like everybody, it shows up differently for all of us. So talk me through what your experience has been with imposter syndrome. Mine's, I don't know. It's like a lot of self-doubt. Mm-hmm. And then not saying like, you know, you have these voices sometime like, okay, girl, you're just not going to do it. Why are you going to do it? And then it's crazy because my older brother, I can give him my ideas and he's like, girl, why are you not capitalizing on this? Why are you not? But in my mind, I'm like, oh, he's bugging. It's not going to work mm-hmm. out and it's not going to do anything. And I don't know if I was conditioned like that. That's why lately I've just like, I journal a lot. Okay. So I try to journal and read my journal entry in positivity. So the fun thing about it is when I'm reading it out loud more, I notice that the the worrying and the positive syndrome thoughts go away. I love that. And it's totally the opposite for my daughter. Okay. So we do highs and lows of the day. Mm-hmm. We'll do five highs and five lows. And with the five lows, we'll ask ourselves, well, I'll ask her, she'll ask me, what could you have changed in the five lows? And if we noticed in the five lows, we couldn't change anything, then why are we considering it a low? Mm-hmm. Um, and we do this every morning. During the day, like we'll pick what we need to do for the day and then we'll do it at night. Mm -hmm. And I think we started doing this during COVID. So I think when we started doing it, it was more like to let the time pass by because we were stuck in the house. But I'm noticing now she's actually teaching me to let go of things that are not in my control. Interesting. I love that. So that allows me to not have those extra thoughts of Mm -hmm. what can I change? Oh, Barry, you're never going to be able to do this. And I'm starting to hear the voice of, girl, you could do this. Mm-hmm. Like, this room is for you. Absolutely. Go in there. No, absolutely. It. Absolutely. So I'm learning now that, I, I mean, I know I totally can't get rid of the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's going to be there. But I know that my voice, my inner voice that's telling me, go and kill it. Mm-hmm. You can do it. It's going to outpower that. Absolutely. I love that. <laughs> I love that highs and lows, that journaling. So journaling is something that I've done for quite some time also. So it's always fun to, like, look back. Yeah, like past. Exactly. Like, and sometimes it's not like a formal, like written, like narrative. Sometimes it's a list of things I want to accomplish. Um, so it's always fun to like look back, but an exercise that I have done and I've actually done it at a couple of events is writing a letter. So writing a letter to dear younger self oh, wow. and That's dear cool. future self. And I think that that is something, I mean, I encourage you to try that. It might not be an all the time thing, but every once in a while you're here now. And you're who you are now. But if you had an opportunity to talk to your younger self, what would you say to her? And like for me, I know that like I've been through some really low times. So if I were to pick pick a time and place, like to pick a me from X amount of years ago and I was writing a letter to her specifically, I would there's definitely things I would speak into her. There's things I would tell her. I would applaud her for her strength and her ability to overcome and her bravery in the face of things that seemed like they were insurmountable. I would 
um, encourage her and let her know that things are going to get better. You're, this is the, literally the bottom of the bottom. Your things are going to get better. So I definitely have done exercises where I speak to my younger self, but then there's speak to my future self. So dear self in X amount of years, I want you to know I am going through it right now. <laughs> I am doing my absolute best and I don't know what it's going to look like. I hope you're happy. I hope you're healed. I hope all of these things. So I think that that's a good activity. I enjoy that activity because it allows you to be in the here and now, but to think about the how far you've come and where you want to go in a very like creative way. So that's something that's just a little activity that I've done. I've done it at a couple of um, sister circle events, but I, I really do like the idea of journaling. I think capturing anything, capturing your thoughts. I think it's a good way to get the thoughts out of your head. So yeah. you talked about like those like inner voices. I think it's definitely a good um, practice to kind of get those things out of your head and get them yeah, down on paper. And that's the thing. Yep. And that's the thing. So it's it's how you kind of work through them. So I love that that's an that's an activity that you do, but that you're show, showing your daughter. I think that's amazing. Yeah, because I feel like our kids are our kids are well. This generation mm -hmm. is different, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But I feel like those were the tools we were missing when we were younger. Mm -hmm. So we are supposed to, you know, give those tools to the generation that comes after us. And I agree. I just can't wait to see the amazing things our kids do. No, I agree. Um, 110%. So I'm very big on that. Like talking about being a first generation from the West Indies, I know that my parents, their one goal was to give us the things that they didn't have. Yeah. Yep. They wanted to give us the things that they didn't have. I feel like us in this generation, we've had the things like I had a great life based on the sacrifices my parents yeah, made, the choices true. that they made. But I feel like for me, raising my son, I want to teach him the things I didn't, I, my parents didn't teach yeah. me. I want to teach him the things that I want him to know. And they were in survival. Mode. And that's the thing. When you're in survival mode, you're not in, you're not Thank thriving, you. you're surviving. Yeah. I want to give him the tools, the resources, the ways of thinking. You're doing an amazing job. And I appreciate that. You're doing an amazing but job. I feel like it's like our generation, that's very much our thought process. It's yeah. not about the things. I mean, things are great. Things are amazing. But like, I want to give you, I want to equip you with the tools yeah. that I didn't have, that I wish I had so that you can be even better than I ever dreamt, dreamt of being. That's dope. Absolutely. All right. So I want to thank you for coming to talk to me today. I really appreciate it. If you want to let them know where they can find Mom Noir in the future as you rebuild. Well, you can definitely find Mom Noir at mom, Noir, mom underscore Noir on Instagram. Um, website will be coming soon, sooner than you think. <laughs> um, and Mom Noir, pretty much the page is where you pretty much can find everything about Mom Noir. Um, we have some events coming up. Um, next Saturday, we will be at Shea Vu's for the breast cancer skating um, arena. So if you're looking for tickets, you can go to at two feet at wheels.com and she'll be able to assist you with that. Okay. So we'll put all the contact information in the show notes. And thank you again for coming to talk to me. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode where we celebrate the superpower that is being multifaceted. If this resonates and feels like home, make sure to send it to a friend, colleague, or someone close to you and write a review so we can continue to grow, connect, and celebrate. Until next time, continue showing up as your true self and taking up space.